0: Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by the most innovative audio Bible app available, Dwell. Dwell is like the Spotify of Scripture because of how easy they've made it to explore the catalog of holy scripture. Stay tuned for more details or head over to dwellapp.io. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois.
1: And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Uh, happy Halloween, bro. Oh yes, yeah. It happy It is Halloween, Halloween. Man.
0: Thursday. This is a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. I see I see nice you're all dressed up, you got your witch's hat on, your yep. witch's cloak at your broom, you know. Mm, it's like broom. broom. Yeah, well you know, witches ride brooms, that's what they mm. do, that's how they get around. And uh yeah, you look good, man. I like I like to see you dressing up. Looking yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm surprised you chose witch as the as the costume, but whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Seems a little I don't know, weird. How is for a weird? man because well, you could be a male witch, but then you're called a warlock, but you don't dress like a traditional female witch. It's just a weird. Tr- I just, you know, you're stepping out. Hmm. So I like the green, ba- green face paint. That looks good. You oh, know, thank like you. the Wicked Witch of the thank West. You. you know, it's good. It's pretty cool. Hmm.
1: So you're ready to repent for your uh, your lies. Which lies would that be? All of them you just said. Okay, so first far. of all,
0: you do that to me almost every episode. Nope. You're like, you're pointing nope, at man. me. You slander. You're
1: do- you did this just slander. like slander.
0: That is not true. <laughs> you do it to me all the time. Yeah, man, it's Halloween, so your your kids doing the Halloween thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so they're worshiping Satan or whatever on the uh, whatever they do. It's the Harvest Fest. Is it? Oh, is it we do a trunk or treat. Do one of those things. So you kind of like chill it out. Keep it chill.
1: No, no, we go around the, neighborhood. Go to go to the neighborhood. We go around the neighborhood and, and
0: neighborhood.
1: beg and beg, and yes. beg for candy. We go around and beg. Okay, so and yeah, and so you, um, now
0: you say trick or treat, right? The kids say trick yeah, or treat. Yeah. Okay. Do they mean it
1: though? Uh, I don't know. I think they mean treat.
0: No, they just want treat. They, they just want the they're, they they're literally want just the, begging. They're okay. They're <laughs> just just making sure. Treat. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we do the same thing. Uh, We like uh, we like the whole Halloween thing. You guys can go back and just search our website Halloween. You'll find the episodes. We talk about this stuff, but, uh, Ben, you're getting ready to leave. You're going to, I leave uh, tomorrow
1: Ooh,
0: whatever. Tomorrow evening. You're going to be taking pictures and sharing with us on the Instagram.
1: Maybe. Yeah. yeah we'll see.
0: see. I mean, you don't have to share the, the photos that the French photographer is going to be taking of what? you guys while you're there. You can at least share some of your own. <laughs> well, First we got Italy. You know. Then I go to France. Okay. Whatever it is. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I, I hope, uh, I hope. Are you going to be first class? No. Nah. Good. No, no, no. no. <laughs>
1: Good. Well, you actually, yeah. you never know. Yeah. You, I get you bumped up. You do. You will get upgraded. Yeah. And then you'll know. have to leave your wife. The problem is I, I got to let my wife go. Then. Yeah. If I, whenever I get upgraded, I give it to her. So I
0: thought today we would just uh, do mailbag, right? Yep. Just like, let's, let's interact with uh,
1: some of the emails that we've gotten.
0: Uh, we got a bunch, so we're just going to grab some of the recent ones. Um,
1: I'll read it. Yeah, I'll start with the first one. This one's kind of timely. This was uh, in response to, uh, we had that bonus episode about uh, MacArthur and uh, Beth Moore. And so uh, right away, we got this email from an individual about subject women preachers. So he said, uh, first, I want to say I really appreciate your podcast, and you always prove a great laugh.
0: I think he, they mean provide.
1: Yeah. Uh, just wanted to know if you check this out. He's linked uh, to an article uh, by Ligonier, uh devotional female authority. And so in it, there's this quote, okay? And this is a quote, and it goes, "Dr. MacArthur says, "Paul is forbidding women from filling the office and role of the pastor or teacher. He is not prohibiting them from teaching in other appropriate conditions and circumstances, and that's from the MacArthur uh, Bible commentary page one thousand seven hundred and eighty three okay so then he follows it up with thoughts, thoughts, and so here yeah okay we're going to revisit and give our thoughts on on this and so um I know immediately it it, it looks like." <gasps> Oh, Dr. MacArthur. Oh, has we got you now, we got John. You. Got you, John. Oh, you have so so
0: contradicted yourself. Yeah, I don't not think so that, much. that's no. not the case. No, the, he, He's he, still consistent. Yeah. no, do you, John's very consistent, yeah. I think, in, in his view. Um, the, the only thing that we would say, the only thought that I think I have is that uh, I, I want him to be saying this more and more often. Because oftentimes what – not oftentimes. Sometimes what is coming out is women can't preach, women can't preach without defining terms. And so you if you're saying that, then you must be defining preaching more narrowly than just about everybody else has throughout the history of the church. Mm. Uh, if women can't preach now, um, because preaching is the public communication of the word of God to an audience. It's all that it is. And so if you're if you're saying women can't do that, you're wrong. Women can do that in certain contexts, right? Just like John says, there are other appropriate conditions and circumstances that would allow women to teach. He says teaching. I'm going to say teaching or preaching. So, uh yeah, no, John, uh, John and listen, like we, we agree that women should not fill the office or role of pastor teacher. We totally agree with that. Um, all right. I will uh, do a, let's see, you know, I'm going to do this one.
1: Oh, you're jumping around?
0: Yeah, I'm going jump uh, around. Go ahead. Is that okay? Jump around. All right. Uh, Jen sends this. I've been a Christian for almost nine years now. My biggest struggle, struggle is developing a solid Bible reading habit. Well, you know what, Jen? You are not alone. Mm-mm. Lots of us struggle with that. I am currently reading a Bible plan through an app. Then I scramble through the Bible to see which book I want to read as leisure or, in most cases, whatever book God puts on my heart. Then I decide on another book to study. However, this throws me off because now I feel like my arms are twisted and I feel like I'm not setting a solid uh, reading habit. I feel like I'm never going to be able to read the entire Bible. What's the best approach for this? Hmm. All right. Well, because Jimmy and I have just always mastered our Bible reading. Habits. We could we just, you know what? We've crushed it. <laughs> we, uh, no, just like you, Jen, uh, we all have uh, struggled. Most of us have struggled yeah. with Bible reading habits throughout the years. Now, sometimes uh, I'll tell you what I, when I was converted, I read through the Bible uh, a few times right away because I had never heard it before. I had never really read it before. I was so hungry. I just had to do it. But since then, I have never read through the Bible that quickly yeah, again or read the Bible uh, <laughs> I read it <laughs> so I uh, will we'll share we'll share a few thoughts on this mm-hmm. um, first of all uh, number one uh don't beat yourself up about it yeah uh, keep working on it keep trying don't give up but do not tie yourself in knots about feeling bad because your Bible reading game isn't as strong as you want it to be. You can get better. You can make uh, strides. You can you can establish a good habit, uh, but do not beat yourself up as if God is constantly, wa- you know, shaking his head at you and wagging his finger at you because you're not doing your best. So, first of all, just keep that in mind. Yeah. What's something that comes to mind, Jimmy, when if you were going to give her some positive uh, advice here, positive instruction?
1: Yeah, I, I think… Um... I, there's lots of great plans out there. Uh, lots of, I guess, tried and true, you know, plans that will take you through uh, the Old Testament, a psalm, you know, a psalm, or proverb, uh, something from uh, the Gospels and then something from the epistles. Right? I've never liked that. You've never liked it? I've never liked That's that. That's fine that you've never liked it yep. for others. They find it helpful, yeah, but they're so, wrong. No, no. It's For others, they have found too... it helpful, uh, and so yeah, I do think finding kind of that that Bible reading plan that gives you variety. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I hate using that word, but I do think. You hate there's the word variety. Well, because it's, it's the word of God. It doesn't owe us a different variety, right? Like it doesn't. But there owe, are varieties. I understand, of but what I'm say, in though, there, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But some people, I know what you're trying to do here, and it's not going to work. Oh, right. I don't know because you, know, no, you know exactly. I'm what I'm very right.
0: confused by you don't like the variety of
1: scripture, but. See, okay, so, exactly- <laughs> so, but I do think for some people, uh, it yeah. is helpful to go from different genres to yeah. different genres instead totally. of staying like in a narrative. In a narrative, or even like, a lot of people, uh, some people like, I mean, I'm going to read through the Old Testament first. I'm going to go right through that Pentateuch and they get to numbers and like, what just happened? Yeah. You know? Um, totally. And so I think kind of going back and forth is helpful to yeah. change things up. But then also, as you're going back and forth, you're starting to see the connections. Uh, uh, during this, this whole unfolding of the plan of redemption.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think, you know, uh, some people would say, you know, you pick a pick a plan. It doesn't matter which one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, fine. But it, it matters in that some are going to be more interesting to you, like Jimmy was saying, than others. So find a plan that you think is interesting. Okay. And then, um, start it and don't worry about how long it takes you. Yeah. Like like don't. Okay, so if it's a year in a Bible in a year and it takes you 5 years, who cares? Yeah. Like just keep going. I wouldn't worry so much about that. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to maybe consider um you know drilling down into a particular book, right? Or a section of scripture uh for some richer devotional time. Maybe consider that. But then listen to the Bible Right. So, yeah. like, you can listen to audio Bibles and you can just, you can just even just go to ESV and just click listen and yeah. you can listen yeah. to it. Um, and you guys know that we're, we're all about our Bible apps and the dwell app yeah. in particular. So that would be another good habit is, is if you can't read, uh, as much as you want or you're struggling with it, listen to it.
1: Uh, then I think for especially for, uh, those that are struggling, I remember years ago, I was struggling and I, I, I go off and on, but, uh, I think it was, it was either Piper or Chalice had linked this Bible reading plan that had built in catch up days, right? Cause you kind of feel like if I miss, if I've missed a day or missed two days, well, then what's the point of continuing, right? Like, what's the point of trying to, cause you start to get down on yourself. You start to think that's if you're really buying into the read it in a year nonsense though. Right, like, like, but I think you need to, there There's some. There's usefulness to accountability. There's usefulness to having a goal, so that there's there's that. It kind of helps you. If I you think, if you if your goal is a help is, motivator,
0: yeah. If you want to read it in a year, I say I don't care if it takes a year. Yeah. But if you're like if if that's a goal for you, fine. But a lot of people tie themselves up in knots because like they're not finishing it in a year. I wouldn't want that either. So it's a good goal yeah. to have and you can use those catch up dates. And I think those are, those tools are good, but whatever you do, don't tie yourself up in knots because you're not meeting a man-made goal for yourself. I agree with yeah.
1: that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so, it's good to have a motivator. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, um, yeah, so when it comes to, uh, you know, these, these sorts of habits, uh, what we're just gonna say, uh, you know what? Keep your Bible close. Read it often. Yep. Um, just look at, and you go on to social media. Ask people what they're doing. I went, yeah. I did a whole, there was a year, uh, when my, my basic habit was I will sit down and for my devotional time, I'm going to simply read a book of the Bible. And if it's a really long book, I'll do it in two days. So like, but I'm just gonna sit down and you'd be surprised it doesn't take you that long to read books of the Bible. Yeah. Not as long as you might think. So, um, yeah, figure it out, uh, by trying different things, don't beat yourself up and just make sure that your emphasis is on receiving and delighting yes. in God's
1: word. Yep. Uh, next one, uh, another one about the Bible. This is Bible in seminary. Mm. And so Brandon says, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> I am a second year seminary student at a Baptist school in Texas. Mm-hmm. I've recently discovered your podcast and I have greatly enjoyed listening to it while walking back and forth to classes, work and the library. One of the most difficult things I've dealt with while at seminary is finding time to read the Bible devotionally. Often, if I've been working all day on a paper, preparing for a test, or planning a study, I find myself burnt out at the end of the day. Along with this, I've found it increasingly difficult to turn off the open quote text criticism mode, close quote, when I'm trying to open my mind to God's voice through scripture. Through your time in ministry, have you ever faced similar challenges? If so, what disciplines or helpful hints can you give to a baby preacher preparing for his life in the ministry? That's a good one. It's a really good question. Um,
0: And everybody in Bible College and Seminary uh, runs right into this. Everybody does. So um, my advice is, uh, is rather simple. All of your reading of scripture in seminary, Bible college, and in ministry, all of your required reading, meaning that this is needed for your sermon prep or a class, all of it is supposed to be devotional. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't treat any Bible reading as, well, this is not devotional and then yeah. this is critical. I believe that all of your interaction with scripture must be approached prayerfully and uh, should be approached with the aim of knowing God and your faith growing and, and all of that. Now, um, I, I think that's important to say because it sounds like, you know, you say, well, I'm in text criticism mode. That's OK. That's a part of your study and you need to do that. And so when I'm studying scripture and I'm using all the, you know, the Greek apparatus and I'm reading critical commentaries and I'm doing background, all of that is to help me receive the word with joy. So it has, it It has a role to play. So, um, on the one hand, I would say treat it all devotionally. Don't try to separate it out. I think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You should never be approaching scripture without the aim of knowing God yeah. and experiencing him. Secondly, I would say that, um, you will, you, you may not always have a time, especially if you're in seminary when you can just have like, well, I'm going to carve out a nice long devotional, uh, devotional time every day you might not be able to do that if you're working and you're going to seminary but at the same time i don't really buy that there is no time to just read the bible you can do it on the can man like you could find a time like i got five minutes you know if you're a dude you sit on that toilet for five minutes sometimes so uh like most dudes do uh you know what open your phone, open the ESV, find time. You, you could probably find, cause you don't need like five minutes. It's plenty of time. Like to just like, I'm going to quiet my heart. I'm going to read the Bible. Uh, but you're not always going to have a lot of time. Uh, and then as pastors, I'm just gonna say this for pastors, uh, pastors, I, I, I've heard pastors like, so like, I don't know, like I, I, how do I, how do I find time to do devotional study when I'm always sermon prepping? Okay. Two things. Number one, if your sermon prep isn't devotional, you are doing it wrong. A hundred percent. You're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Secondly, You're paid to read the word. So you had better find time to be reading that Bible besides your sermon prep time. I find pastors talking like this and I want to shake them. I'm like, bro, you're paid to read and study scripture. Ministry of the word, right? Prayer and the word are like two of the most foundational things that we do. So you had better have time to be reading scripture besides what you're doing for your sermon prep. Anyway, those are some of my thoughts on this, Jamie. I'm like, well, how did you handle it when you were doing all your studies at Judson? What did you do anything different to to make sure that you're keeping alive with the word?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was uh, I had to intentionally guard the time mm-hmm. that I was setting aside for that. And even still, I have to uh, continually guard that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm a for better or worse. I'm a creature of habit. Um, for me, things are like in a certain, in a, in a certain place. And you lock it time, in. I lock it in. Um, Let me just interrupt It's hard you for me to like stray. I'm going to interrupt you here.
0: Oh, go ahead. Because people need to know this about you. Oh, go ahead. You were a full-time student. Yeah. That means at least 18 credit hours or more.
1: 18, 20. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like that's a full, you're not full-time. You're not 18 credit hours. Yeah. Basically. All right. Uh, so you were a full-time student. Yeah. Plus, you were a full-time employee Yeah, like you, you were working full-time, which yeah. is a, which means at least, and I know in your case, <laughs> it's more 40 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. And so, wife kids. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you didn't pay attention to them during this time.
1: No, unfortunately uh, my wife was a champ.
0: Yeah. Well, and, but here's the thing. Like, so Jimmy knows that like what it means to be overwhelmed, right? Married kids, full-time job, full-time school. Uh, and you and you still found ways to guard your time. That's all I wanted people to know about yeah. as you're as you're saying this, because you're not just like, hey, you know, it's important to you know guard your time. Oh yeah, it's easy for you, Jimmy, because you like I went to Bible college. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to work. I was able. To, my Bible college was paid for, yeah, yeah. so I could just focus on school. Super easy. Yep. Super easy to have time for devotions. But in most people's cases, they're working like you were.
1: Yeah. No. So you just have to. Uh, for me, I just I, I set aside time and said this is the time that I'm going to spend in the word Mm. nothing's going to come in the way of that. Nothing gets priority of that. Um, and that's just, otherwise if I, if I, if I don't schedule things, if I don't calendar it, if I don't have it Mm. as part of like, this is my routine. Um, it's just not going to happen because it's really easy to allow whatever's going on throughout the day to all of a sudden feel like it's a priority. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's negative things about that, because sometimes I approach scripture, you know, uh, not devotionally. Right. Yeah. And uh, there's a danger in that.
0: Everybody falls uh-huh. into that. Yeah. We we, 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 we get into uh, 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 box checking. Right. Yeah. And others. Are like, oh, I'm supposed to read my Bible now. Read my Bible yep. and then move on instead of I want to receive God's word today.
1: Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, no. I would just say guard that time. Guard it rigor- rigorously. Or rigorously. 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 Well, one, of the, one of the
0: really good ways that you can prioritize the word and invest in it, because we know that God uses it to change you, is to get on that dwell scripture listening mm. app. We've been promoting it all month. So this is the last time we get to tell you about it. Uh, dwell is more than an audio Bible. Audio Bibles are great. We love them. This is more than that. Okay. So what you get with this is you get not just the books of the Bible, but you get collections and curated playlists of scriptures that are all available to you in four different voice readings with different musical styles that you can use as beds underneath that. You can adjust the volume of all of that, or you can just completely strike the music altogether if you like to keep it pure. Um, we love the Dwell uh app. We use it all the time. We use it every day actually. I love that it gives me reminders. It actually tells me like, "Hey, time time to get your scripture on." And I like for me that's just so cool cuz I I put it at a time during the day. I put it like at a weird point like like not mid-morning, but not early morning. It's like at a weird spot hmm. and it, it almost surprises me every time I'm like, "Oh yeah." There it is. <laughs> like there we go. And then I I have I just take a break and I, I listen to my passage. Um Jimmy there's a seven-day trial. Oh, uh, And yeah. so, the, the free free
1: access to all of the Dwell stuff for yep. seven days. And uh, what do they get in that? Well, you get the Bible in the traditional book and chapter form. You get 44 listening plans to take you through books or themes uh, one day at a time. There's 261 curated passages. How many? 261, son. And that's a great place to begin if you're unsure yeah, of where to start. Uh, 44 playlists that help you travel through Scripture by theme. Mm. And then, again, I love I love this part. Uh, you can download the audio for listening uh, when that, offline. That's not that big of a deal. I don't know uh, for some side. of the travels, it's quite great. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so where do they get it, Jimmy?
0: They go to dwellapp.io or just hit up your app browser on your phone and go
1: and get some. So, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. we've got another question here, okay. another mailbag. And um, I'm not going to say it's from the Treasurer of Redeemer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I can look and see who so it I'm is. So I'm going to say, uh, I won't say... Whether or not it it, it is uh, okay. that individual, but the, the, Herman, the, you're not saying if it's Herman or not. I'm not saying whether it's. Okay, it's I can Herman. see that it's not. I, like I, I can I, see I, the I'm emails not right whether here. It's, it's Herman. It's not Herman. But uh, the question is in regard Although, to the subject- Look at this.
0: Look at his name and look at his email address. That might be Herman. That's weird, right? Because it's a it's a with <laughs> one name and then the email address is a different name. <laughs> what is going on? Anyways, so okay. what's the subject uh, line? Uh,
1: smoke shop and church expenses. Oh, so uh, Herman asked. i just <laughs> recently asking. started listening. It started from the beginning. Early in the podcast, you all talk about working out of a smoke shop. My question is: mm. Does have you ever? Yeah. Does your church ever cover the expense of the cigar slash tobacco while you're working there? So
0: wait, read that question again because you were kind of like all yeah. over the
1: place. My question is: Does your church ever mm, cover the expense the of the cigar of the cigar slash tobacco? Got it. While you are working there at the yeah. cigar shop. Good question. Uh, it is clearly a missional activity, but also recreational. If yes, no, or sometimes. So. If yes, no, or sometimes, what is the rationale for this answer? So, yeah, but the, it's obviously going to be yes, no, or sometimes. Yeah. So, so whether he's saying whether it is yes, yeah, no, yeah, or sometimes,
0: what is your rationale? Yes. Yeah, so
1: that might be Herman. Uh, could a Herman. church reasonably take a different stance?
0: Well, sure, a church can take uh, – so exp, expense accounts for pastors are um, something that is uh, helpful, uh, generally considered a, a kind of necessity if you're going to be hospitable mm-hmm. and you want to treat people. Um, but there are also things that can be abused by pastors. And so this is why you, you kind of want – the church should know, like, how much is, is that expense accounts and what is it for,
1: right? Yep, yep. Um, obviously, yeah, you can't have a black budget.
0: You black senior budget like pastors, $80,000 a year for uh, expenses – some, <laughs> some's Something, fishy and not good fishy, like sushi, like bad fishy,
1: um, like captain sushi. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's that? Good sushi is like, you know, good fish like sushi. Yeah. And then there's also bad fish. Like when you go get sushi at captain sushi,
0: where's, I've never heard of captain sushi. sushi. Oh, that is okay.
1: It's like gas station sushi. That's yeah. It. That's not
0: good. So, um, you know, and obviously a church can't provide a, like an itemized list of everything that was spent in a particular line item for everybody in the congregation because you basically would have thousands of cups of coffee or something like that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But you do need to know here's how much it is. and So here's how much is spent and here's what it's for. The, and, yeah. and upon request, they can get more details.
1: Yeah, and that's just it. So that I want to make that clear that yeah. uh, we do provide upon request if people want a breakdown of any line item. You yeah. can see every single expense yeah. that came in.
0: Right. So... Um, to answer your question, um, it would be you gave us the as options. Does the church pay for the expense of cigars or tobacco while we're working there? Yes, no or sometimes. The general answer is no, um, but not because the church doesn't uh, or doesn't allow it. Uh, it's just a no. Um, I choose to go there and so uh, I am paying for my cigars. Now, uh, the sometimes answer would be, if I am meeting a member of the church somewhere, I frequently give them the option like you can meet me at the church. If you want to meet out, we can meet at the coffee shop or we can meet at the cigar shop. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, most people choose coffee shop. OK, that's where they would prefer to meet. Yep. And so we the church will buy them a cup of coffee if they don't buy me a cup. Of, sometimes they buy me a cup of coffee. Um, so typically they they try to beat me to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll buy them a cup of coffee. So I would say over the past 12 years, I've probably on five occasions, I'm going to guess on five occasions have bought somebody a cigar
1: and it might have all been me. It was definitely not Jimmy. (laughs) Jimmy's
0: always fighting to pay for cigars. He tried to give me a cigar today. I had to tell him no.
1: I know because you're being a baby.
0: I'm not being a baby. I just like you you were going to give me an expensive, like limited edition cigar. And I was like, I'm, I'm out of cigars. W- and I'm like, but I don't want to take your limited mm. edition. So I'm like, no, just mm. keep it. I don't need it. I don't need a cigar. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I see well, you shaking. So I'm not shaking. Stop it. I'm shaking in anger and rage at you. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, maybe five times where I've been out and I didn't have money to buy it myself. I just we went ahead and put it on the church account. And that is fine. The church is the church will pay for uh, like a social thing like that. Um so, yeah, it's fine. Uh, we as as a church, the church uh, gives us a, a a decent expense account that we use to treat others on so, for taking somebody out to meet them, to discuss whatever a counseling situation or just a, people want to check in with the pastor. Uh, can a church take a different stance? Of course, church can yeah. decide however they want to listen. We use our budget for um, like they, they can basically any church can can set up parameters within yeah. which uh, staff can use money. Yep. That's normal. So, yeah, there's no right or wrong way. Uh,
1: Yeah. Some allow, you know, uh, cigars purchasing or coffee purchasing. Others allow safari expeditions.
0: Um, uh, Harley-Davidson purchases.
1: Yeah, VW purchases. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Uh, We don't like that stuff, but okay. All right. All right. I got one. I'll read this one. I'm Mm going to do. uh, This one's about an unrepentant friend. Hey, guys. Hey guys! Hey! Love the show. Appreciate your thoughts on friendship. Recently, a good friend of mine, following a divorce, came out to me as bisexual and is pursuing relationships with men. During our conversation, he said he was still a Christian and knew what he was doing was wrong, but he doesn't care. How would you suggest navigating this friendship? Okay. Well, there's a, there's a lot of issues here at play. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them is, uh, is this person a member of your church? Are they continuing with that church? Like what's, we don't have all of the information here. Well, I'm going to assume that this person is not a part of your church or at least not a part of your church anymore, uh, to make sense of this. I think that seems like what's happening. Um, because then you've got church discipline practices that would get involved and make mm-hmm. this a lot more complicated. So let's just say you have a friend um, who uh, claims to be a Christian uh, but is pursuing same-sex relationships um, and that are not moral, and are uh, they don't care. They 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 agree that this homosexual or bisexual behavior is wrong, but we're they're going to continue to do it. How do you navigate that friendship? Um well I have I have, I have a few thoughts. One one would be if they really are your friend, then um I one of the things that I would want to talk to them about, and press in on is, is you say you know it's wrong, mm-hmm. but you're willing to do this, so let's talk about what you really believe. I it's hard for me to reconcile that, that yeah. that it's possible that that person is a believer and they're in a real bad way. It's also very possible that they are not a believer yeah. and that they don't have saving faith. It is it is definitely sure, in my mind, they should have no assurance of salvation in this state. They, yeah. should, they should not be assured that they are a believer because they just don't even care about what God says and they're doing their own thing. So I want to press in on the gospel issue, uh, for sure on that. Um, but I would also say that this does not mean that you need to abandon them as a friend. Yeah. I think, uh, but what this friendship is going to look like might be somewhat different. So for sure, you're going to have to decide what are the parameters? What are the restrictions? Um, what kind of influence do they have on you? What kind of impact are they having on your faith uh, versus how are you helping and impacting them? Uh, I don't think there's any one, uh, method for, for dealing with this. I think some people would say you, you cast them out. You you don't have anything to do with them anymore. Uh, and I would say, well, if they're claiming to be a Christian and they are pursuing, uh, ungodliness, then yes, uh, you need to keep your distance from that person because they are now essentially mocking the faith, uh, by doing what they're doing. So I would be careful about that relationship, but, uh, I don't know without a bit more information. What are some things that come to your mind, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, everything, you you kind of took everything there, but. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. But um, I do love the idea of pressing in with the gospel on this. Yeah. Um, and and I think calling them to repentance, right? Uh, that's especially as, as they're claiming to be a believer, yet walking in unrepentant Sin. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely would encourage you to be, uh, loving them and loving them in such a way that you would be bold enough to speak that, speak the gospel, speak the truth of, uh, of, as Joe said, the cur- like they, they shouldn't be assured of their salvation. And so you treat them as such by presenting the gospel to them, uh, unabashedly.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we've we've got enough um you know scripture that tells us that we we need to correct one another. We need to hold one another accountable and that when people who claim to be believers are just pursuing sin without mm-hmm. I mean they're just going headlong then you, you got to be careful there. You know, you a you don't want to give them false assurance um but uh, but also at the same time you don't want to abandon them without giving them you know, truth. Yeah. So uh, what's your basic question? How do you suggest navigating this? I think I, maybe the general thing we would say is um, make sure that your relationship with them is targeting their spiritual well-being. Protect yourself and talk to your pastors.
1: Perfect. Uh, finally, let's go with this last one here. This one is on secular music. Uh, hi, guys. My name is... Hmm. <laughs> oh, what is that name? Loik. Luke, Luke, uh, French-born Australian oh. living in Melbourne, Reformed Baptist. What up, man? Uh, I was looking up Sam Storm's book Kingdom Come, which led me to Joe's book Let Note to Self, which I'm looking forward to read at some point. Which Just keep led it in the bathroom me to this blog. That's what I did. Which led me to this blog and Instagram. Figured out you loved metal. I grew up listening to punk, hardcore, metal, and death metal. But once I was converted, I had to stop listening. to... To some bands. band, obviously. Some bands. Okay. obviously. I liked I liked bands like Demu, Bourguer, no, Emperor, mm-hmm. etc. I don't know any of these. You're, bands. you're doing pretty good. Am I? Yeah. Okay. Uh my question is how do you deal with bands and their lyrics in general, if that makes sense? Are you guys amateur of Spurgeons Club? Oh, I don't know what that last thing meant. I don't know what that last one meant. Aware of.
0: I bet that's what it means. I mean, oh, Spurgeons okay. Club. Uh if no, I'm not.
1: I have no idea what that is. So Joe, you are uh, are you resident- listen to secular music? Yeah, but my music's different. Oh really? Yeah. It's not about sex. My my made my seventies <laughs> soul. Yeah, my eighties R and B. You know, it's more about passion. Oh, is that what it is? Passion, is heat. You know, between mm-hmm. a when a man loves a woman mm-hmm. is is. You know, that that's the kind of music, you know. I like nice soothing mm-hmm. soothing music that get my I wife get and I like to listen to and while we're cooking. So but
0: you also like uh eighties rock and hair metal.
1: Yep, yep, like I like Cinderella. It. I do like Cinderella.
0: You know why? Because you ain't nobody's fool. I am nobody's fool. <laughs> I'm
1: not your fool. Yeah, I love that song.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Um, how do you deal with bands and their lyrics in general? Uh, well, first of all, secular music, um, by which I think you, people generally mean, this is music that is written and performed by people who are not Christians music of course technically in and of itself is just uh, notes so uh, if you mean songs with lyrics then of course that's something else mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's generally what people are talking about um yeah I, I don't uh, the, the, there's basically there are two realms in which I think we 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 typically sing about right there is the there's the realm of creation mm-hmm. and then there's the realm of redemption now in the realm of creation uh, both Christians and non-christians Uh, alike have perspectives. They have experiences and they will sing about what they either know or believe or have done or experience in that realm. And, uh, so I think that we can have non-Christians, uh, creating art, uh, and reflecting their perspective or Mm -hmm. experience in the realm of creation. I think that's totally fine and legit. I don't have a problem with that at all. And so when it comes to music, how do you deal with bands? And I know since you're asking because of, uh, I like metal, um, What I do for me, this is what I do. Uh, I listen to music that I find thrilling, that uh, moves me emotionally, that makes me think intellectually. And uh, which means that uh, I tend to avoid bands that are spouting off blasphemy. Mm -hmm. I tend to avoid bands that are spouting off hate uh, towards God. Now, that doesn't mean that I, uh, I ignore bands that are blatantly non-Christian. Uh, some of the bands that I listen to are not Christian at all. Uh, they reject Christianity, but they reject all religion. And so they're not targeting Christianity as much as they're just saying, like, this is how we view life. Mm-hmm. And so the bands that I have listened to from when I was a kid all the way through, I wasn't the hair metal guy. I listened to, uh, you know, I listened to thrash metal, death metal, power metal. Um the bands that I've listened to always dealt with the issues of life, love, death, loss, war, struggle, humanity, frailty, things like that. Um so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to listen to those things and, and, uh, and hear their perspective. Sometimes I can learn from them. And some of the bands that I listen to will explore, uh, mythology. So like Iron Maiden would explore various mythologies as well as histories. Other bands might actually explore, uh, on a, on a deeper level, um, uh, like Norse mythology, for example, where they kind of go through and tell those stories. Uh, I am not interested in listening to Behemoth. Behemoth is, I think, a brilliantly talented band, but a uh, little too uh, overtly satanic for me. So I don't listen, even though I think they're brilliant mm. the musically, like talented. I don't listen. So whatever you do, uh, I would say, follow your conscience, right? When I was converted, I I threw away thousands of dollars worth of music because I needed to, because that was, that was my idol. Um, I don't think that everybody needs to do that. Uh, so follow your conscience. Uh, don't go against your conscience. But... Um, I think if if your conscience isn't bothered by listening to music that may be secular, that's fine. Don't worry about it. So, but I think in general, all the people that I know that are healthy Christians, uh, they all listen. They all enjoy secular art to one degree or another, and they're not they're not tied up in knots over it.
1: Mm. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc Indevo, or on Facebook, Slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DocShavoshit.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast, or hit up the store, jofostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later.